Let's turn our Bibles this morning to Luke 15, please. Luke 15. And we'll read together from verse number 1. It's a well-known portion. Luke 15, verse number 1. Let us hear the word of the living God. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she have found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants." And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring in his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Amen. We'll end our reading there. And we know that God will bless the public reading of his word to every heart. It really is the first seven verses of the chapter that I want to look at with you this morning. Uh, we mentioned this portion briefly last week in the message, but I want to look at the first seven chapters or first seven verses uh, with you this morning. With our Bibles open, let's unite our hearts together in prayer 
And as we do, let us take a moment and still our hearts before the Lord. All too soon, morning worship will end. And we will be on our way home. And therefore, let us pray. Let us seek him. Almighty God and Father in heaven, in the holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord, and by the merits of his blood, we do approach again the throne of grace and of mercy. We come to thee by that new and living way. We come through Christ, the mediator, the redeemer, the high priest of our profession, the saviour of the sinner. And we come and we worship and we plead for help as the book is opened. We thank thee for the word of God in our own mother tongue. Thank thee for the ability to hear it and to see truths and to see Christ, the one that saved us and pardoned all our sins. And, O God, as I come before thee now, I confess my complete inadequacy to deal with what is before me now in this meeting. Forgive my sins, for they are so many. Empty me now of everything that will hinder. Wash me completely in the blood of Christ. Fill me now with the Holy Ghost and with that holy anointing that the Spirit does give. Grant that anointing now to preach the word. Grant the anointing to the congregation to hear with profit and abide with us. Let the blood of the Lamb prevail. Bind the devil, the one that would seek to distract our minds from being riveted upon divine truth. O God, close us in. Purge this meeting's atmosphere in the holy blood of Christ. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It was some months ago that I preached on Luke 15. And I took it different than I'm going to take it this morning. Because some months ago when I spoke on it, I spoke on the threefold parable about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And that occasion when I did preach on it, I preached to the congregation that Christ told this parable, as he did, by means of an answer to a statement that was said in derision by the Pharisees and scribes. The statement that was said by derision is a statement that's found in verse 2, where they said of Christ, This man receive of sinners and eateth with them. Now, on that occasion, when this statement was made, though the statement was said in derision, yet it was a statement that was true. Because every believer in this meeting can thank God from the bottom of their hearts, Christ does receive sinners. The statement was made to run down Christ. It was made to harm him. It was said to sort of take any popularity from him. But nonetheless, nevertheless, even though the motives were wrong and sinful, the fact does not change what they said was true. Christ does receive sinners. The word receiveth is a word in the Greek, prostekamai, and it has been translated in your English Bible, look for, 
wait for, accept. And thus we understand that these words were said. What a statement they made. The enemies of the gospel completely overstepping themselves. So determined to harm Christ that they actually made one of the most wonderful statements about the Savior in the New Testament. This man receiveth sinners. Yes, a statement that was made to try to injure Christ's character ended up being a statement which gives every sinner great hope and every believer great rejoicing that this man does receive sinners. It was in answer to that statement made of an ill motive that our Lord goes on to tell the threefold parable of the lost sheep, of the lost coin, and of the lost son. And it's my desire now for the moments that remain just to take the first part of the parable. Because it was a threefold parable. It wasn't three different messages from our Lord. It was all one. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal. It was all in answer to the statement that the scribes and Pharisees made publicly. This man receiveth sinners. And therefore I want to speak today on a message that I have entitled Christ finding the sheep which was lost. Christ finding the sheep which was lost. The first thing I want to show you is the details of the sheep. Look at verse 4. What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Now you note there the story is of a man with a hundred sheep. But he notices that one is missing. I want you to understand the Lord tells us it's lost. The word lost there it means it's destroyed. That's what the word there means. I want you to note something else. There were 99 safe. But one has strayed. Now you think of the word sheep in the Bible. And many times in the Bible it speaks about the sinner. And therefore it speaks about every one of us. It was Isaiah that said, All we like sheep have gone astray. Now I'm not a farmer. But in the natural realm, a sheep can be very foolish. And I say to us today, there's nothing as foolish as sin. Wandering off. Never thinking of the consequences. There's nothing as foolish as our lives before the Lord saved us in sin, thinking this would bring us pleasure, thinking this is the way to go. Oh, I say to you, we were all well named by God. All we like sheep have gone astray. Peter speaking to the church in 1 Peter 2 reminds them, ye were as sheep gone astray. But here in Luke 15, there's a hundred belonging to the shepherd, but one is missing, one is gone. Note something else, it's not within sight. Because the shepherd has to go looking for it. The Lord here tells us the shepherd went to find it. There's the details of the sheep. There's one missing. 
It's not within sight. What about the condition of the sheep that has wandered off? Look at verse 5 with me. And when he have found it, he lay it on his shoulders. That speaks the sheep is exhausted with its wanderings. His sheep was so tired. The shepherd had to carry it back. Its wanderings had exhausted it. But I say to you again, oh, what a picture of the sinner ruined, wearied, exhausted by sin. Maybe I speak to one today. Maybe even one that will listen to this message on a CD. I speak to one that's wearied and exhausted with sin, with its folly, with all that it brings. It's so clearly seen here in the sheep. What about the danger of the sheep? Look at verse 4 again. What man of you? Having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness. There's the danger of the sheep. You see, the wilderness was a dangerous place for a sheep. A dangerous place. Let me show you that from Mark chapter 1. Obviously, Mark Luke 15, because you're going back there. But Mark chapter 1, please. And look with me there at verse number 13. Here's the same word, the same place. Our Lord's here for his temptations. But look at Mark 1 verse 13. As the wilderness is described, where the Lord tells us this sheep is. First Mark 1 13. And he was there in the wilderness, Mark 1 13, 40 days tempted of Satan and was with the wild beasts. And the thought is in the natural realm. The wilderness was a dangerous place for the sheep. Never one, ne- never mind one that had wandered off away from the shepherd. A sheep without a shepherd in the wilderness was in great danger. It was a place of wild beasts and the Lord draws attention to it. All leading us somewhere. Great danger if the shepherd be not with them. And again it's giving the picture. That the Lord's showing here. Of the danger of the sinner. Their condition. Their danger. But the Lord shows something else about the sheep. He shows the value of it. Look again with me at Luke 15 verse 4. What man of you having an hundred sheep. If he lose one of them. Doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness. And go after that which is lost. You see the value of that sheep. Is seen in the search itself. The shepherd knows one's missing. And he goes to find it. The shepherd is not satisfied to have lost one and trusted to his care and charge. Okay, he's got 99, but he's not satisfied. There's one missing. The value is also saying that the shepherd will go after it and search till he find it. Now go to Matthew 18 a moment. Again, Mark, Luke 15. That's our portion. But look at Matthew chapter 18. Here's our Lord again drawing the same example. Brings in this thought of the shepherd and sheep. It was so prevalent through his teaching. Matthew 18 verse 12. In fact look at verse 11. Matthew 18 verse 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. And then he says how think you? He asks them a question. If a man of an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, 
and seek of that which has gone astray. Again, the same thought, whether the wilderness or the mountain, the shepherd goes to find the sheep. The value of it. The value of it seems something else. Go back to Luke 15. It's found in his reaction when he finds it. And it's also found in the reaction of his friends. Verse 6 of Luke chapter 15. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which is lost. The value of the sheep is seen in the fact that it gives great rejoicing when the sheep is found. There's the details of the sheep. Its condition is exhausted. Its danger. It's in a wilderness without a shepherd. Its value is seen in the search that the shepherd makes for it. And I say to anybody here today unsaved or anybody that will listen to this, you need to see what the Lord is saying to the sinner. You're in danger. Your condition is terrifying because you're out there in that wild wilderness. But your value is the value of a soul. The details of the sheep. Secondly, the shepherd's love of the sheep is a great picture of Christ. The shepherd's love of the sheep is a great picture of Christ. Remember what Christ is, remember, remember the setting. That's why I told you. Our Lord has just had a statement made against him. That he was the friend of publicans and sinners. It was said in derision. It was said to mock him. And then our Lord begins to tell this parable while these crowd are standing plus the other dear people. But look at the look with me secondly, as I've said, the shepherd's love of the sheep is a picture of our Lord. Verse 4 What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he has lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? I want you to understand here that Christ here is showing that since it is right and proper for a shepherd in the agricultural realm when he has lost a sheep, to go after that sheep and search for it until he find it, then it is infinitely right and far more right for the Son of God to go after lost sinners and preach to them because that's exactly what he's doing in this very narrative. Look at verse 1 with me. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Now the publicans and sinners, if you want to put it like this, they were the notorious sinners of that day. They were notorious for their lifestyles. Wicked sinners. But here they have come where Christ is preaching. Whenever the hypocrites see our Lord and these people listening to him, they get on their high horse. And they get on this horse thinking they're better than them. And then they run down our Lord. Look who he has listening to him. Let me say something. There is no room for the high horse. There's no room for it. We're all sinners. We're all guilty of high treason. But here's our Lord. And he shows them since it's right in the agricultural realm for a shepherd to go after a sheep. It is infinitely more right for our Lord Jesus Christ to go after Lord or lost sinners. Publicans and sinners have come to hear the Savior preach. 
Our Lord's showing us here the picture of the shepherd. That it's a great picture of his own great love for sinners as the shepherd of the sheep. What about Christ's love for sinners? What about Christ's love for us? Because we were the sinners. What about his love? Well, we can glean from Luke 15 that it was an individual love. It was an individual love. Look again at verse 4. If he lose one of them. Christ's love for sinners is a love for individuals. Paul said, the Son of God loved me. You can't understand that. Neither can I. But it's seen in this parable that Christ's love for his sheep is an individual love. It's a singular love. He goes for one sheep. He goes for them individually. It's not just revealed here. It's also displayed. Look at verse 4 again. Of Luke 15. What man of you having a hundred sheep. If he lose one of them. Doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness. And go after that. Go after it. There's the display of the love. I tell you, my dear friend in Florida, in the incarnation that we thought about a few weeks ago, when our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, took into union with his own Godhead, our true humanity, he was going after lost sheep. He lived for 33 years on earth and every second of it fulfilling the moral law and in so doing was seeking the lost sheep. He saved in Galilee. He went about doing good for God was with him. And every step he took, he took it as the shepherd. He came to find the lost sheep. What a love. The diligent love of Christ for the sinner until he found it. Until he found it. The love was personal. The love was displayed the love was diligent until he found it. Of course, you know the love of Christ for the sheep was also dying. It's a dying love. John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. And I'll prove my goodness because I'm going to give my life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Go back to Matthew 18 a moment, please. Matthew 18, look with me there where our Lord speaks about this. Matthew 18, look with me at verse number 12. How think ye? Remember the Lord has made the statement there in verse 11 of Matthew 18. For the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. How think ye of a man of a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray? Doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains? O listen. Oh, listen, what a picture. Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, went into the mountain for his sheep. There was a mount outside Jerusalem. It was called Calvary. And our Lord went to that mountain because there were sheep that were lost. He went to that mountain 
You say, where were the sheep at Calvary? I say to you, my friend, all the sheep were at Calvary. Every one of them was there. Historically, it took place 2,000 years ago. But I thank the Lord today, Tom Laverty was there. Because my shepherd bore my sins that day. Oh, all the sheep were at Calvary. Christ went into the mountain because there were lost sheep. Where the sword of justice awoke against the shepherd that the sheep might go free. Christ said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd give of his life for the sheep. The love was something else. It was active. Already said this about the mountain, but it involved going into the wilderness. See the word there in Luke 15 for wilderness? I already showed you the same word when our Lord went in for his temptations. He went into the wilderness. But, dear people, you can't separate any part of Christ's life from the sheep. Christ went into the wilderness not as an isolated person but as the representative of his people. He went in to allow himself to be tempted. Every day of his life, every step of it, he lived in this veil of tears. He suffered the temptations of the devil. He went about doing good. But I say to you, our Lord, every step from the manger and you trace the narrative through the scripture and we don't know everything but you trace the narrative through the scripture from the manger to the cross and every step he took was for the sheep it was for the lost sheep it was for those that he came to save his love was also compassionate what do I mean by that he saw his sheep in a world which had fallen he saw them bruised and battered he saw them as a crowd of failures he saw them guilty of high treason members of a fallen race it was compassionate you read the scriptures I'm not saying I'm not saying our holy lord never laughed in his earthly ministry but I'm telling you you don't read about it you really wept our Lord looked in this world that his sheep were in bruised battered hurting victims of the devil and our Lord knew there was little to laugh about Because our Lord didn't come to laugh. He came to reach us. He came as the shepherd. He came because his sheep were in danger. They were battered. And he shows us in doing it the great value of the sheep. The compassions of Christ. For the sheep. Christ understood where his sheep were. They were in this world. They were in this world of woe. Christ's love was something else. And we're moving very rapidly. But Christ's love was a fixed love until he found it. Until he found it. There's a little verse in Proverbs 8. 
And our Lord's referred to as wisdom. Don't have time to turn to it, but let me tell you what it says. It speaks about our Lord before the world was created. He was there with the Father and with the Holy Ghost. It says something about him. His delights were with the sons of man. There wasn't even a world in place. Oh, my friend, you see the love of Christ for the sinner. Eternal. No beginning. Before there was a sinner, there was a Savior that loved sinners. Before there was a sinner, there was one that was going to come and going to rescue them. I told you this verse before. It is my favorite verse. Look, it's hard to say that actually, but it's a verse that means a lot to me. I'll put it like this. Jesus said to his people, As the Father loved me, so have I loved my sheep. So have I loved you. Think about it. We sang that great hymn about the Trinity this morning. As the first person of the Trinity loved the second person of the Trinity, so the second person of the Trinity loved you. I tell you, that that ought to blow every believer away. I can fully understand, and I've said it before, how the first person of the Trinity would love the second person of the Trinity. I can fully understand how our Lord would love elect angels. They haven't done one thing wrong since the day they were created 6,000 years ago. I can even understand how we would love God. God is lovable. He's good. He's tender. There's so much about God that you could love. You know where the problem comes? There's nothing about us that's lovable. We're guilty of high treason. We've offended in word, thought, and deed. We still do as believers. And yet our holy Lord, the good shepherd, the great shepherd tells us, as the first person of the Trinity loved me, so I love my sheep. It's a fixed love. It was also a searching love. He came to search for his sheep. He came to search for them. You say, preacher, how does he search for his sheep? I'll tell you how he searches for them. He searches for them every day the gospel's preached. He searches for them every day the Lord's dear people take a gospel tract and they give it to a friend. He sends his people out into this world to say a word in season for their Christ, for the one that saved them. And in so doing, he's searching. He's finding among the world and its fallen state. He's searching for the sheep. He's searching for the sheep that he went into the wilderness for. He's searching for the sheep that he went into the mountain for. It's a searching love. Maybe I speak to one even now. You're not saved. 
I'm telling you now, our Lord searches for sheep. And he does it through the gospel being preached. Maybe I speak to one and you listen to this on a CD. And you know what has happened in your life. And you know your sin. My dear friend, see it right now. Christ searches for the sinner. Christ searches for the sheep. And he searches with a tender love. And I showed you this last week. Look at verse 5. And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home. The thought is, as I said last week, when the shepherd finds the sheep. Listen. There's never a parting again. Never. You say, preacher, how could that be? People backslide. People wander off. I know they do. And so do we all. But the Lord never leaves the backslider. The backslider leaves the Lord. But such is the union. That an individual is brought into. When they're saved by the grace of God. That there is nothing they can do. That severs them from the love of God. Now they can come from the blessing of God. And Samson did it. And David did it. And they lost the blessing of walking with God. But they were never lost. They were never lost. You see remember what our Lord said. Through Paul and Hebrews. I will never leave thee. Nor forsake thee now our the Arminian will come in and take that text and they will say provided (laughs) provided you do what you're meant to do that is absolute rubbish absolute rubbish if Christ only never left or forsook those that do always what they're meant to do Christ wouldn't be with anybody. But dear brother, sister, Christ foresaw and knew all the mistakes and errors that we would make in the Christian life. And I'm talking about the Christian life now. And he still says to us, I won't leave you nor forsake you. There'll be those in life that will enjoy the blessing of heaven, There'll be believers that will enjoy walking with God where others will fail. But at the end of the day, all the sheep will be in heaven. Some will have enjoyed an awful lot more with God on earth. But all will enjoy God forever in heaven. All well. Because the shepherd's love is not only tender, it's eternal when he cometh home. You see, there's the Lord carrying the sheep. I was in, uh, let me tell you a wee story. Thinking about the Lord carrying the sheep. I might have told you this before, I never remember what I tell. I was in Malta about eight years ago. And I was about to go snorkeling. Um, So I was walking down towards the sea obviously and I walked past this Roman Catholic church and beside the Roman Catholic church there was a big warehouse 
The doors of the warehouse were open as I was passing, so I happened to look in the door. And I saw the most pathetic thing I probably have ever seen. There was a statue getting repaired. Getting a little bit of paint at it. To be taken back into that Roman Catholic church. To be bowed to and prayed to. Listen dear people. There is nothing as pathetic as idolatry. They had to carry their so called God out of that church. And put it into a warehouse. Fix it up a wee bit. Take it back in. Gospel knows nothing of it. Our God carries us. Carries us on his shoulders. From the minute he finds us. And we're the ones that need the repair. And he carries us home to glory. Let me show you something else. Finally, the shepherds rejoicing over the sheep. It was a, re- it was a rejoicing love. Look at verse 6 and 7 of Luke 15. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Look at verse 10. Likewise I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I say to you, my friend... And I say it very kindly. What's in view here is Christ rejoicing over the sheep. It's not the angels. It's not the angels. I don't doubt for two seconds the angels rejoice when the sheep are found. I don't doubt that. But I'm telling you, it's not in view in Luke 15. Look with me at Luke 15 a moment. Look at verse 10. Likewise I say unto you, There is joy in the presence of the angels. The joy is in the presence of the angels. In other words, they're there when this joy is going on. But whose is the joy? It's Christ's joy. There's when Christ rejoices. You see, to keep it in the setting, it's the joy of the shepherd. Again, I don't doubt the angels rejoice, but it's going too far with that narrative to say, this is rejoicing of the angels. Again, I believe the angels do rejoice, but it's the joy of the shepherd that's in view here, in the presence of the angels. The angels around the throne, sitting before the Saviour. And every time on this veil of tears of an earth that a sinner saved, that the sheep are found, Christ rejoices. Christ joys. My brother, sister, the night you were saved, the night you were brought to Christ, in heaven our Lord rejoiced. He rejoiced that he had ye. He rejoiced that he would never lose ye. He rejoiced in your pardoning, and you did too. He rejoiced in your forgiveness. He rejoiced in the fruit of Calvary as he saw the reward of his sufferings in that you would be saved. Remember our Lord's prayer, the shepherd's prayer, as he went out to die, John 17, final night of his life. And he stopped. 
because the sheep were on his heart. And he said this, Father, I will or I pray that they whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory. You see, the shepherd's work saves us on time and in time. But the shepherd's work and the shepherd's prayer was not only that we would be saved, that we would be home to heaven. And there's no such thing as a prayer of Christ not being answered. He has his sheep all home. Some go home wounded. Some go home on a wave of blessing. But I say to you, my dear friend, listen to me. All the sheep go home. All the sheep go home. All that Christ saved. All that he brings to himself are gathered in that last day into that city whose builder and maker is God. Remember what I said at the start? Christ receiveth sinners. They mocked him for it. And he shows them in these three parables. I don't only receive them. I keep them and I take them home to heaven. And what's more, when I find them, heaven rejoices. My heart is full of joy, he tells them. What an answer to the hypocrites. He's saying to them, you're right. I receive sinners. I search for them. I find them. I keep them till the river rolls its waters at their feet. And then I bear them safely over made by grace for glory meet unsaved friend listen to me come to Christ he's the good shepherd in that he died for his sheep he's the great shepherd in that he rose again for his sheep and he's the chief shepherd in that he's coming back for the sheep. Make sure you have Christ. Come to him today, wherever you are. I say to those that may listen to this at a further date, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, come to Christ. Be saved. If you're driving that car, pull it over and come to Christ. The shepherd saves the sheep. And he saves them when they come. May God write his word in every heart for his name's sake. Lord, take your word, apply it by the Spirit. Let the blood of the Lamb prevail. Thank thee for the great shepherd. Thank you for the one that sought us when a-wandering far from the fold of God. Thank you for the one that brought us into his fold again. Abide with us in our closing praise. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.